0: Thank you. Off. Y'all, we'll turn to Genesis chapter 39. I'm glad all that's here was able to make it. I said the first hour messed that bulletin up. Uh, Kimberly used to proofread the bulletins and uh, and edit my sermon notes when she'd mail them out with a link to the sermon so you could listen and read along and uh, absorb more and uh now I'm now I'm my own proofreader. <laughs> so we'll, we'll learn to get by. We had a yesterday was a challenging day. We weren't under evacuation, but I couldn't go home. The road was closed. There was a big fire uh two houses down from us. Not a big fire, but a fire. And uh just down the down the hill, bottom of the hill right there, just down from our driveway. And uh the, the helicopter went in so low we was on the back side of the property. By a eucalyptus trees looking watching the smoke come it went so low you couldn't see the helicopter in that little tiny valley and uh they finally got it put out but so we said you know what let's let's eat out we don't eat out much <laughs> we're gonna go out to eat so we went out to eat down here and was coming back this way and smoke's coming over the road there's a big fire uh, over on proctor valley i said well <laughs> i kept thinking i wasn't gonna have to work today and i was lazy trying to get out of it but Kimley did just as she did before. I couldn't hardly get home. I had to go the back way on a dirt road. And I got home by the time she's the one that called in the nine one one. And by the time I got home, she had everything packed and the, the animals all packed up and was I all I need to do is handle a steering wheel, just drive a car. I didn't I was thankful for that. And I in doing so this morning I grabbed the wrong jacket. So my suit's off too. <laughs> Hopefully the message won't be. Angus and uh, Brother Ben Fisher down there. I've talked to both of them this week. They send their greetings, and uh, they're. Uh, I told you before, a couple of weeks ago. Or Sister June down there was so faithful and for so many years, and the Lord graciously took her home. That was good news. And and there was a man that attended there for quite some time. I think the Lord was working in, and uh, Brother Rob Lowe, and uh, and he, uh, Lord, took him home last week. And so Angus is preaching quite a few funerals. But Genesis 39. We'd read last week about Judah and Tamar, but we've been going through Joseph. And as Brother Cassius read, Joseph just being brought down to Egypt. And we read about him prospering greatly in his master's house. You notice everything said twice. He says all that he had was prospered, and he prospered all that he had. He kept saying everything two times for us to understand. And he read about his run-in with Potiphar's wife. That's where most people, they jump to that text to preach on it. I'll just, I feel like I'm skipping a rock on a very deep pond today. We read about him being innocent but being cast into prison. And in prison, at the end of verse 22, it says, Whatsoever they did there, he was the doer of it. He was the doer of it. When we look at these pictures of Christ, Joseph's a picture of Christ here in Genesis. It makes our heart burn within us. I thought that road to Emmaus. The Lord was walking with him. And he said, What's wrong with you? Why are you sad? Ought not Christ to have died? And he opened the scriptures up and he went through Moses and the prophets. They probably talked about this, about Joseph going down, didn't they? And he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. "This This is a picture of the Messiah. This is the Christ coming. That's what that is. This is his character and his person. And his work. And that's like whenever he sat there in the temple and he sat down and they was all standing and he told them what Isaiah said. He expounded himself in that. And he said, This is fulfilled right now in front of you. He said, I'm him. That's what he ended with. And when he said, I'm him, he revealed himself in their hearts. They're on the road to Emmaus. Immediately he departed and they said, Their hearts burned within us while he talked with us, by the way, and while he opened the scriptures to us. Not this case of morality. Not this case of history. Not, I've heard seventy-five sermons of this. No, this is him. We gotta see him in this. That's preaching. <laughs> that's what. I mean, ain't a whole lot of preachers in the world. A lot of them stand up with that name, but not just applying the theological formula as to this is what the gospel standard is and all of its points. Right? Well, that's a good fifteen-point gospel message. No, but seeing him, hearing him do these things, smelling him on these pages. Right. Joseph was the favorite son of Jacob. And you can see why. You can see why. We have not and will not read anything negative about Joseph. In Genesis. Now the person of Joseph, the man, the human that walked to earth. He was a man just like me. He was a sinner saved by God's grace and Christ just like anybody else is. But because he was such a clear and such a lovely picture of Christ, we're not going to hear anything bad about him. Joseph was distinguished above his fellows, above his brethren, wasn't he? He was preferred above them. He came into his own, and his own received him not. They threw him in a pit. He was despised and rejected, and they delivered him up. But it was the Lord that did all that. Their wicked hands threw him in a pit and sold him off to Egypt. But the Lord did it. His determinate counsel, his foreknowledge, and Joseph knew it. He knew it. It says at the end, of Genesis there in chapter 50. He says, but as for you, you thought evil against me, but God meant it to good, to bring to pass, and this day to save much people alive. He did this. He knew the whole time he did it, didn't he? What happened to our Lord when he walked this earth? Despised and rejected of men, he came to his own, his own received him not, and all those that said, I love you and I'll never leave you, they left him and went and hid. He was treading that wine press alone, didn't he? He proved faithful. Why? To save much people alive. More than the sands of the sea. From every nation, kindred, tribe, and color, and language, and political association. Much of them. Much of them. Verse 1 says And Joseph was brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, brought him out of the hands of the Ishmaelites, which had brought him down thither. Our Lord left his father, his proper position, his comfort, and he came down to this Egypt that we're living in right now. All of us Egyptians are living in isn't it. Why? To save much people alive. Joseph did this willingly. We did this willingly. How could I say something like that? He never once tried to escape to go back home. I thought about that all week. What would you do? They got you in a little cage, trotting you through the desert and as soon as that sun goes down, buddy, I'd get me a little rock and try to whittle that door open, wouldn't you? i got to get out of here. It's not recorded. He may have. It ain't recorded, is it? Why? He didn't cop an attitude. He didn't lawyer up to someone to fight for his rights. He didn't go on a hunger strike. He served. He came down. He said, this is where the Lord put me. I'm working. God put this in my hand to do. I'm going to do it. He did, didn't he? Paul told the church at Philippi, he said, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but he made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant. He served and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore, God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, of things in heaven and things in earth, things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. What is all his brethren that despised him and tried to kill him going to confess at the end of this? You're the boss, Joseph, and God did it. And that's physically what's going to take place. That's what we're going to do. Joseph went from a high son, the most preferred son, to a lowly servant. That's what our Lord did. He submitted to bondage. He submitted to service, even unto death. He was prosperous. The chapter begins telling us that he was prosperous, wouldn't it? Prosperous. What he started out doing, it ends that he's prosperous. At the end of verse, uh, at the end of chapter 39, it said he prospered in everything he did. Our Lord, what he begins, he shall finish. What he begins to prosper, if he's begun a good work in you, he shall perform it to the end, won't he? It says in verse 2, why, why, why would that happen? Why would Joseph be prosperous? And the Lord was with Joseph. The Lord was with him. The Lord was with Christ. But God was with him, reconciling to the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them. And the Lord was with Joseph, reconciling those sons of Jacob, his brethren, to himself, and not counting their sins to him. <laughs> Y'all threw me in a pit. I'm going to throw you in a pit. <laughs> he didn't do that, did not he? Verse 2 says, the Lord was with Joseph and he was a prosperous man and he was in the house of his master the Egyptian and his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. Even this heathen, this Egyptian Potiphar, proclaimed God's with you, the Lord's with you. What did Abimelech say about Abraham? He said, we can tell God's with you. What did Abimelech, either the same one or different one 70 years later, say to Isaac, God's with you, isn't it? The Pharisees, they had to say that to our Lord. The Pharisees said that across. Remember when Nicodemus came to him in John 3? He said, No man can do miracles that thou dost except God be with him. God be with him. There in verse 3 it says, And his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. Everything. All, everything that's taking place. Joseph being in Egypt and being a servant, being a slave, Everything that happened in Egypt happened on purpose. Nothing got by God, did it? The Lord put him there. Why? To accomplish what the Lord's will was. He did it on purpose. To accomplish his purpose, didn't he? Knowing that, as a child of God, this man Joseph, he never murmured. He never complained. Wherever he he was put, that's where he worked. And he worked as unto the Lord, because God put him there. I wish I could wake up every day of my life and handle every transaction throughout the day and every person. And I wish the Lord would give me that grace to say, God did this. And be like, eh, everything's fine. Your house burnt down yesterday. Okay. That's the Lord's house. He wouldn't burn it down. It's his business. It ain't my business. It's right. Shall not the judge of the earth do right? The Lord prospered that too. This ain't quid pro quo, but I'm telling you, if we walk through life, if the Lord enables us and makes us walk through this life saying, God did this, what's wrong with you? Why are you upset? You're going to prosper. It's for your good. There's benefit, and those around you is going to prosper. It's so. Paul said, servants, that's, this is the context. We quote things and we don't know what the context is. Here's the context. Paul's speaking to servants in Colossians 3. He says, servants, obey all things your masters according to the flesh. Not with eye service. If they tell you to go sweep floors, go sweep floors. Just do it. Not with eye service. Well, I'm going to look like I was sweeping the floor, and I ain't going to get that corner over there. Not as men pleasers. Oh, yes, boss. Oh, just being suck-ups and, and making, trying to be make friends for your own benefit. Not as man pleasers, but in singleness of heart, fearing God. And there's a colon there. He's going to tell you what that means. And whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. There's a whole lot of the Lord's servants in this world that do a whole lot for everybody and nobody knows. Or they're ridiculed for it and they're put down for it and they're criticized and told 15 ways from Sunday how to do it better. But they ain't doing it to please you and ain't doing it for eye service. They're doing it because God put them there to do it. He sees it. That's why they work so hard. And guess what? The Lord prospers it. It's so, he prospers it. A psalmist said of that blessed man, said, he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water and bringeth forth his fruit in season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Who's that speaking of? (laughs) Isaiah said, yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed and shall prolong his days, In the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. It's going to. Is that a little different Less of morality. Is that a little different than don't murmur when you walk through this line? We see him. Makes us burn, don't it? Verse 4. And Joseph found grace in his sight, in his master's sight, and he served him. He served him. Everything that Joseph did, was well-pleasing in his master's side. The Lord said in John 8, 29, he said, And he, he that sent me is with me. Lord's with me. And the Father hath not left me alone, for I do always those things which please him. And that role as a servant, that I'm supposed to live. Every jot and every tittle, he came and always did what pleased the Father. Always. And what did the Father say? This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And then he told his people, hear ye him. (laughs) I can say that. Awake, live. He can make it effectual, can't he? Verse 4 says, Joseph found grace in his sight and he served him and he made him overseers over his house. And all that he had, he put into his hands. Joseph was made overseer of the whole house, everything. All that he had was put in his hands. What came of that? Look at verse 5. And it came to pass. You're in charge of everything. If this whole business falls apart, it's your fault. It came to pass from the time that he had made over Caesar, Caesar in his house and over all that he had that the Lord blessed the Egyptians' house for Joseph's sake. And blessed. And the blessing of the Lord was upon all that he had in the house and in the field. That's the inside and out. Inside the house, outside the house. The whole thing. You notice how we keep reading these verses, everything's twice, is All and all, he prospered, and, and he prospered, he blessed the house, and the blessing came upon the house, right? Because it's all things. Every angle, you can cut it. John the Baptist said, The Father loveth the Son, and hath given all things into his hand. And he that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. Paul said in Colossians 1, he's before all things. What come before Grace come before, didn't it? The Lord came before and was gracious to us. Before anything happens at all in this world, that's the Lord's will and Christ purposed it. He come before. He's before all things. And by him, all things consist. Once it gets here in providence or whatever, whatever's going on, he's the one maintaining it. And he's the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. Why? For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. And having made peace through His through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things to himself. I want to, I want to hear that every way you can slice it. <laughs> I do. The Lord blessed that Egyptian's house, why? For Joseph's sake. That whole house, that whole area was blessed because of Joseph. What's that show up? If anyone's ever blessed... Eternally, it's because of Christ. If anyone's ever blessed physically what we call, what natural man calls a blessing, the Lord did that too. It's because of him. That whole house and that whole town and that whole country, and there's going to be other countries because that's where his brethren are, isn't it? They're all going to be blessed because of him. Because the Lord has one of his own there. There's corn in Egypt. Kim was reading a book about, from a long time ago, uh, these explorers, heathens, they just want to go out and make maps of the world. And they said, well, like, like the writer of Genesis said, they're corn in Egypt. That's our, that common vernacular and understanding. We read a naval book from 400 years ago, and they said that dried up faster than uh, uh, Jonah's gourd. People knew about it. those, talked about those things, didn't they? The Lord had a people there that blessed them. That's going away. and boy, we pray, pray for them to bless us. Bless us. I tell you this: San Diego County is far better because the Lord has a couple of people here. That's so. I watched that happen my whole life in Ashland, Kentucky. There's a place called Armco Steel, and they did everything they could to shut it down. And then American Kawasaki bought it, and they tried to shut it down for years, and they couldn't. So they said, "You know what we'll do?" Just like their their preacher, they had come to town. They said, "We'll starve it out." <laughs> they had a blast furnace I worked there for a couple of years they had a blast furnace and it had to be relined with brick every nine years and I got and I said we did confined space rescue and I said when are they gonna reline this blast furnace where they make a steel and they said it hey, ain't been relined in 17 years that was 20 some years ago they still ain't relined it and you know what every time we go to Ashland there's smoke there's fire coming out of that blast furnace <laughs> why the Lord has a people there a couple of them work there he's got a preacher there telling people about who who he is and what he did And he's going to sustain it. And that city's better for it solely for the benefit of his people. That's so. Ain't nothing different in this county. That's so. He's got a people here. Joseph was a goodly man. It says in verse 6, And he left all that he had in Joseph's hand, and he knew not aught he had, save the bread which he did eat. Potiphar didn't even, he said, I know I got food on the table. I don't know what else to have. Joseph's handling it. And Joseph was a goodly person and well-favored. We read, remember when that rich young ruler came come to our Lord, Matthew 19, and he said unto him, good master, what good things shall I do to inherit eternal life? We say that in our daily language, don't we? We're just speaking of somebody or we like or whatever. You know, I like so-and-so. He's a good man. He's a good fellow. I like him. The scripture says none good, no, not one. If born of Adam, they ain't none. You know who that is? That's me. Let's let's get the rubber all the way to the road. That's you. I'm a sinner, you're a sinner. Eyes at war with God, you were or still are. That's so, isn't it? And the Lord answered him and said, why cost thou me good? There's none good but one, God. What's he telling that rich young Lord? If you're calling me good, you're calling me God, and you're right. You're right. That's who he is. You call me good, you're calling me God, and so I am. He told his disciples, they said, you call me Lord and Master, and you say well, for so I am. That's the great I am. The only one ever good. (laughs) Joseph was goodly because goodness had passed before him. That's the only reason man called him, in our language, good, that he was goodly. Anybody calls me good, it's because goodness has passed before me. I thought of Moses asking the Lord to show me, show me your glory, and the Lord said, "I will make my goodness pass before you. I'll make my Christ pass before you." Everyone favored Joseph. As as much much as it is in you, live peaceably with all men. It ain't in us much, is it? That's what gets, Every time I read that, so it, 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 they might be there a little bit, not much. I was trying my best to get home during that fire yesterday. I knew it was down at mile marker four. We live at 4.5, and it's one way in, one way out. And that cop in front of me wasn't driving fast enough. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to live peace. I couldn't pass him. He'd arrest me. I couldn't come preach today, so I'd calm down. That's, that's how much was in me. As much as any you live peace with all men. Everyone favored Joseph. He was pleasant to be around. He was hardworking. He didn't complain. God's people are like that; they're well favored, aren't they? Our Lord was well favored. We are because of him. That's something I can't enter into it. If somebody says they can explain this, you run from them run from them. It says in Luke two and Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Teach me, Lord. <laughs> he has to teach us, don't? Joseph was tempted. Verses 7 through 9, I'm sure you've heard a bunch of messages on it, but he was in his late teens, early 20s, a young man. He wasn't like Jacob where he's 114 and he got just too old. This is a young fellow. And he was tempted by Potiphar's wife and he didn't cave in. That's something, isn't it? Why? We read in Hebrews 4, Our high priest, he was tempted like as we are, yet without sin. He's tempted in all points like we are in everything, yet without sin. Stop that. It must be about my father's business and move on. His, his jaw fixed like a flint, didn't he? Even Pilate had to confess that. He said, y'all going to hang him or put him up on a cross? I find no fault in him. I find no fault. Faultless. Our Lord was tempted with physical comfort by Satan, wasn't he? Satan come to him. And he said, Thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. You're hungry. You got a stomach like everybody else does. I've been hungry. Not supposed to eat bread no more. It ain't good for you, right? I love bread. he said, You're hungry. You ain't ate 40 days. Make these stones bread. And he said, It's written, Man, I shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. His mind was on the Father. He was about his master's business, his father's business, wasn't he? Just like Joseph. It says in verse 12, And she called him by his garment, saying, Lie with me. And he left his garment in her hand, and he fled and got him out. That's the second time Joseph was stripped. Wasn't it? Then his brothers stripped him, took his coat off of him, threw him in a pit? Now she yanked his coat off of him. Our Lord came to this world naked. He came into this world naked, a baby, wasn't he? And to a poor family and a poor place and a poor town and from his thrown on glory and they stripped him while he was being tortured before he took him to that cross they took his garments over. his robe of righteousness is made ours because of it we're clothed in him and it says he fled he got him out and the text says that twice also That <laughs> he fled he fled Paul warned Timothy of these things the snares of the world Not to chase bigger churches, not to chase bigger titles, not to chase bigger paychecks, as many false preachers do. But he said, but thou, O man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. That's what he said. They're going to make our Lord a king. He already was, wasn't he? This is great. Get a hold of him. He's going to be our king. Nobody's going to get sick again. And and all our pain and woes and money and everything's going to be out the window. We're going to be happy, happy, happy. And what did he do? He walked right through them. And they said, We're going to kill him. Get a hold of him. We're going to kill him. And he walked right through them. Why? He was falling after righteousness. Godliness. He didn't sit there and, and satisfy himself by destroying his foes right then. He could have just, and they'd been dead. Sent to eternity. No. He was about godless faith and love and patience and meekness. This lie that Potiphar's wife conjured up was told to Potiphar. And Joseph was hated without a cause, and he was in prison. Look down verse 19. And it came to pass when his master heard the words of his wife, which she spake unto him, saying, After this manner did thy servant to me. And his wrath was kindled. I hate him. I hate him. And Joseph's master took him and put him into prison, a place where the king's prisoners were bound. He didn't say put him in a halfway house and... Now, I'm going to put an ankle brace on you, but we're going to send some people down to cook for you, and you're going to have it good. You, you just got to stay. You're going to be on a timeout for a little while. No. It says where the king's prisoners were bound, and he was there in prison. It says that twice, doesn't it? When his brothers sold him, he didn't say a word. When Potiphar, without a cause, without a true cause, on a lie, he threw him in jail. Not a word. He didn't say nothing. Why? I would have popped up. I would have screamed for bloody murder, wouldn't I? Isaiah said, As a sheep before his shears is dumb, so he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment. And who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living. For the transgression of my people was he stricken. Why is that? There's one of them people that's going to live because Joseph's in prison. Isn't it? That's what's coming about. The Lord purposed to put him in there because there were two others. One's going to live and one's going to die. There's a butler and a baker. We might look at that next week. But Joseph's going to save one of them. He's going to be used to save one of them. There's a lot of time between verse 20 and verse 21. He said he put him in prison. Is that what it says? And that's where the king's prisoners went. That's where the bad people went. There's a lot of time there. There's a lot of torturous time. We read over in Psalm 105, it says, He sent a man before them, Joseph, who was sold for a servant, whose feet they hurt with fetters and was laid on in iron. They chained him up. They hurt his feet. It wasn't as if the Lord was punished. It wasn't as if he put our sins away. It's not as if those things, was it? They hurt his feet. They drove a nail through it. said they hurt his feet to lay an eye on him until the time that his word came. The word of the Lord tried him. The father tried the son and he saw our sin on him and turned from him. The king sent and loosed him, even the ruler of the people, and let him go free. And he made him lord of his house and ruler of all his substance to bind his princes at his pleasure and to teach his senators wisdom. The Lord went to the cross to bind up the broken hearted and teach us he's our wisdom. We think we're senators, don't we? <laughs> we don't know nothing. We know him, we know something, because he taught it. What became, began as a horrible burden became a victorious comfort. Look at verse 21. But the Lord was with Joseph. You mean why they hurt his feet, and they had him bound up against a wall? And I'm like, yeah, that's God the man. Well, who put him to Potiphar? Potiphar didn't put him there. God put him there. <laughs> And the Lord, show, Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. Of the warden. And the keeper of the prison, Siphis doesn't repeat, committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners that were in the prison. Who was Joseph in charge of? Only prisoners. You ever committed a felony? <laughs> Only prisoners. And whatsoever they did there, he was the doer of it he was the doer y'all painted these walls joseph told us paint these walls y'all clean up the yard out there and cut the grass joseph told us cut the grass he did it he got all the glory for anything that took place in that prison didn't he the keeper of the prison looked not to anything that was under his hand because the lord was with him and that which he did the lord made it to prosper you just think about that for a little bit everywhere joseph went he prospered didn't he Everywhere he went he got put in charge. <laughs> so much so that Potiphar didn't even check up on him. There in the beginning of verse six it says he left all that he had in Joseph's hand, and he knew not aught he had save the bread which he did eat. How much is your four hundred one K worth, Potiphar? I don't know. I got bread to eat. Joseph's in charge of that. <laughs> what about this this warden? This warden, he's in charge of the prison. And how many prisoners you got? Oh, ask Joseph. He's in charge. He runs everything. Now he's in prison. And a warden put a prisoner in charge. And it says he looked not to anything that was under his hand that he was in charge of. That keeper of the prison. What he was doing by doing that is putting his life in Joseph's hand. Not just his safety and a prisoner might stab him or something like that. Him putting Joseph in charge of the prison is him putting his life in Joseph's hand. Do you remember that? What comes to mind? I know what comes to your mind. Acts 16, isn't it? The keeper of the prison awaketh out of his sleep after that earthquake came and seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself supposing the prisoners be fled. One of them prisoners gets away. It's on your head. He'd go out and kill himself because it'd be a whole lot better than what was coming to him, wouldn't it? But Paul cried with a loud voice saying, Do thyself no harm for we're all here. We're all here. Calm down. Don't hurt yourself. How'd that pan out? Why are you here? Sit down and let me tell you something. <laughs> they preached to him, didn't they? What must I do to be saved? Believe God. Here's who he is. And he said, you come, it's two o'clock in the morning. You come to my house. And they bandaged him up and he fed him. He said, wake them teenagers up. Well, they're going to be cranky if you get. Who cares? Get them up. Preach to them what you just preached to me. His life is in their hands. You know, there in Acts 16, uh, Philippian jailer, everybody knows about He didn't care about his life after that, did he? It don't matter. We do ourselves harm when we don't cast all of ourselves on the Lord Jesus Christ. That's doing yourself harm, not saving yourself. The Lord said, if a man saves himself, he'll lose it. If he loses his life, he'll save it. We do ourselves harm when we don't cast all of our care upon him and all of our trust upon him and all of our everything upon him. It's harmful to us, and it's safe to do so. I pray every one of us would cast ourselves, lock, stock, and barrel onto him and trust him with everything he has. And don't check up on nothing. <laughs> well, what is that? Well, the must, Lord must point it that way. Just keep going. We'll be prospered if we do so. Lord will bless it, won't we? All right. Brother Mike.